I still remember the first time I drove uh, into this driveway, and I remember looking at the sign, Church Without Walls, and I probably thought the same cynical thing a lot of you did. It's right on the wall. <laughs> and I realize now that that was actually one of the mistakes, because one of the things we, we think of ourselves, oh, it's on the church walls. Well, the, the, the problem with that is that the church is not a building. The church is us. We are the church. The building might have walls, but the church is not supposed to have walls. I've been ruminating a lot on this whole idea of church without walls, because we're coming to 25 years as a church. And you think about the founders, some of who are right amongst us right now, when, when they decided that God was calling for a new church, that they had this vision of a church without walls. And I look at our church and I think about that church. That still inspires me. It's one of those visions which I think just continues on. Like, what, is it, what does it look like for a church without walls in 2017? And I believe that's what God is calling us to right now as a congregation. He's calling us to think about that. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that next week as uh, our leadership team starts to unveil some of the, the ways that we want to hear from you. What do you see? What do, when we think of a church without walls, what is it that you think that God is calling us to for the next 25 years? And we're excited that that vision, that the Lord will help speak it through the leadership and through the different, uh, different ministry teams and, and all of us to speak into that. And so that when January comes, we'll be able to look and say, we are excited for what God is bringing. And so I started thinking a lot about walls. What are they? How do they work? I mean, a lot of times we think about walls, uh, they're actually like something that you think of protective. We all have houses with walls because we want to protect our families. The problem is that walls can often divide. And when I think about walls in, in my own lifetime, I kind of look back to um, as I was a child growing up, and one of, kind of an iconic moment, I, I remember this really clearly. One of the biggest walls of the 20th century was the wall between the Soviet Russia and the West, which was embodied in an actual physical wall in Germany, a wall that divided east from west. A wall divided not just a physical space, it actually divided families. Here's a family, uh, a, a picture of a family. Uh, for one example, this is Sigrid Paul and her son Torsten. Sigrid gave birth to her little boy, and little boy needed surgeries. And in the intervening weeks, somehow she was separated from her child across the wall. It took five years for her to be reconnected with her son, who didn't even know who she was. And that's one story. There's so many stories of families, brothers and sisters torn apart, parents from children, cousins, families being torn apart by this wall. And then came that iconic moment. I remember my dad saying, you got to come and watch this. Sit down in front of the TV. And we saw this moment where the U.S. president, Ronald Reagan, stood in front of the wall. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, 
tear down this wall. When I think about what God might be saying to us as the church in the 21st century, I hear him saying, Forest View, tear down the walls. The things that divide us from each other, from our community, from God. There's a scripture verse, I think, that helps really unpack this. It's Mark 2, uh, a classic story. Now, let me just read it to you, and we'll talk about it. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Does it continue on? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit this is what they were thinking. In their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. And so he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, he took his mat, he walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I have a question I want to ask you. When I hear this, when I, when I see this, I, I see a number of walls that stood behind or between this paralyzed man and Jesus. Can you name anyone? Just throw this out there. Who, who could say something? Here, this, what's one of the walls that came between him and Jesus? Crowd. The crowd. This, this large crowd. So big that it's actually interfering. It's interesting. Anything else that came between? The, the roof. Like the actual physical structure, the actual physical barrier that's between this man and Jesus. His sin. His sin. There's actually an internal wall. What's that? Disabilities. His disabilities. He was not able to, to get up himself and kind of push his way through the crowd. He, he, he wasn't able His unbelief, he needed to see Jesus and trust in him. Religion. Religion. And even like religious people, specific people. 
When you think about this story, you actually start to contemplate it. There's a lot of walls that can come up between a person and between God. I want to reflect on those a little bit. Let's begin with the crowds. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about myself. If I was in this place, if I heard this, Jesus was coming, and he's this amazing speaker and this amazing healer, I'd probably maybe be one of those crowds. I'd probably run into this place, and I'd be staring. I want, I want to get to Jesus. I want to see him. I want to hear him. And that's like a great thing, isn't it? But then I wonder, wait a second. Did I leave any room for anyone else. And I wonder sometimes, as Christians, sometimes we, we get so focused maybe on, on what we need from Jesus, right? What Jesus can give to us. And that's a good thing. Like, oh, I, I, need, I need my Jesus. I want to get to him. I want to see him. I need healing. I need help. And, and we don't take a second to maybe check over our shoulders. Look over our shoulder and see there's someone else that might need to get to Jesus too. Sometimes we can be a wall. Maybe because we're just, we're, we're so many of us flying around, we don't actually be able to, to open that door to Jesus. And sometimes it's out of good things. That all these people want good things. They want to connect to Jesus. They want to get together with him. And, and it's really easy sometimes to forget to look over your shoulder. Okay, I want to give a good example of this. Um, because it happens in ministry all the time when we, we want to do good things and you, you realize you well, we better take a moment to look to make sure that as we're thinking about the crowds, we don't miss out on those who might need. We have a, a woman's uh, ministry called Woven coming up. Um, there's uh, an amazing couple of weeks coming up with that. And then we're going to actually, in November, we're going to have a conference. And this conference we're really excited about. It means that women can connect together, uh, hear some empower, impacting messages, try to connect to, to Jesus. Uh, but one of the things you start to realize when, you, when we were getting together as a team, we were meeting with uh, Tara and with Lynn and thinking about this and meeting with the leadership team, we realized that one thing we don't want to do is create a barrier to our friends, especially our friends at Nextdoor Space. We work a long time to, to create a community there because I know people who might not have the means to pay the $70 to go to a conference. And so one of the things we have to make sure is that we look behind our shoulder and say, you know what, we're going to set aside some money so that those who can't afford it can actually still come and meet Jesus there. This is one of the ways in which we as Christians need to think through how is it that as we form the crowds, we get excited, are we ever blocking the path? To Jesus. We need to make sure that those who need Jesus aren't lost in the crowds. And I, I, I want to just put that even a little further. Um, when, when people might come to church, this is a place where hopefully they can meet Jesus. But it's really easy sometimes to not really look over our shoulders I know sometimes like, we might have really strong cubcoms or we have great relationships with friends and it's really easy to kind of oh, meet each other, right? And we don't realize there's that one person who's new there or someone who's feeling a little bit on the outsides. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us as followers of Jesus to keep an eye out. So if there's someone here you haven't met before or someone you think is new, or, like, we should all, we have a hospitality team. Very thankful for Jill for keeping going at this. We're, we're definitely hoping to find uh, those who want to step into leadership and help out with that. We always want part of that hospitality team, but they're not the only ones. Okay, we are the front lines. 
making sure that we are a place, a church, a community that's always looking to make sure that we allow others in, that we don't get in the way. See how they love each other? I hope it doesn't mean they don't love me. They love each other so much that they don't look to me. And that's really important for every individual believer to recognize that it's easy to get lost in our own needs with Jesus, that we need to look at the others. Another uh, thing that was holding back this man from getting to Jesus was his physical disabilities. He actually couldn't physically make it through. And in that day and age, actually, that came with a lot of stigma. It wasn't just physical, it was also social. Because if you were a paralyzed man, then you probably were a sinner. Or at least your parents were. That, that was, for some reason, that was, God put that on you. And so he had all the social pressure, as well as the physical pressure, keeping him away from Jesus. Thankfully, we live in a time where we recognize the inclusion and the need for accessibility and these type of things. Churches need to be open for people of all types, inclusive for everyone. And that's why when we have the, the renovation plans for this church, they include an elevator to make sure that we are accessible. And that's important. And I would say in our day and age, maybe we've, we've got to learn that, and, and we're just starting to learn the next uh, side of this, which is, I think, one of the things that probably disabilities, which can often in churches become walls, is mental illness. I know growing up, I've definitely heard in the church sometimes the idea that, well, that's probably a sin, or it's a demon, or... And recognize that we sometimes can actually stigmatize something that might be physical, might be chemical, might be personal. So I hope that we as a church, and I already see this, what I love to see is the church is definitely becoming open and recognizing we need to be inclusive for all, open up for all. And make sure we have a special eye to those who might need someone to kind of help bring them to Jesus. Because they have some personal things that are holding them back. I mean, hold their hand and say, I'll walk with you. Another wall that sometimes comes between us and between um, Jesus can actually be physical. It can actually be, like we heard, the roof. Actual physical structures. Some people are petrified of churches, like the building. When I say churches, I mean like they're, they're petrified of the building. Now, if we just stay in here and hope that they come in, that might be a barrier between them and Jesus. The actual, that literal, and that's why when we talk about being in a church, we're talking about this idea, hey, we need to make sure that we go and be and live amongst our community. That's one of the reasons why we did the fireworks, or we're going to do the fireworks the way we were going to this year. I'm really sad about the fireworks. I was really excited. Big, giant ba bags of popcorn and stuff. It was... But what was really cool is actually when I showed up uh, earlier with some of the team, there was a, families already there. 
they were like, they were excited. And they were sad when they heard that it was, the rain was going to come, but they understood it. They were like, thank you for doing this. I mean, I thought there was, there was going to be a lot of families from the community. And we recognized, like, when we had it here, that was awesome. Try to, but th- that, that street is a, kind of a barrier. Dundas, want to walk across that street? You're, you're playing Frogger. And so we recognized, we were like, as a team, as staff, we started talking about it, and we talked to the leadership team, hey, maybe it's time, maybe we can bring the fireworks into the, the park and serve there. This is the way we, as Christians, need to think, what are the things that can keep people from Jesus? How do we help overcome some of these things that are, are maybe blocking the way? Now, that's why today, Cole with the chairs, not saying that that chair formation keeps you from Jesus, but what we're trying to say is, sometimes our comfort can keep us from Jesus, can it? We can kind of build walls. Oh, that's my spot. That's, that's, and we start to, it's, breaking ourselves out of our comfort zone sometimes might be useful. Now, we'll be doing this like for about four weeks, so don't worry, we'll return <laughs> to your seats. But the point being that sometimes even physical space can, can, can help us think about how we're approaching Jesus. Uh, one of the things I said to Cole was, I want to be on the ground. I speak, because I want to be with you on the same level as you. Because one thing we believe at this church is the priesthood of all believers. We are all sinners. We all need Jesus. He might call some of us to help serve in certain ways with our certain gifts, but we're all instruments of Jesus. We want to make sure that even our physical space and the way we think about these, how we approach people I remember talking to someone, and I was standing here, like, kind of sitting on the wall like this or something. Someone's like, that's not very welcoming. And I was like, what? This is just this is me. He's like, no, but your posture, you need to. And I was like, oh, I never thought about these things before like that. Okay. Hands to the side. I'm like, what do I do with these things? I don't know. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of ways in which we, we think, about, hey, how can I be the most welcoming that I can be? How can I help bring people to Jesus? One of the things I, I do believe with this space, I, and we've been talking about this as a leadership team, and I, I think as we start to see the vision emerge as we interact and we hear from you guys, one of the things I'm already starting to hear is this idea of like making this building like a community hub. Wouldn't it be cool to see people in the community in here during the week coming in to do things and, and this building not being a thing that they're scared of or kind of, this is to be a place where when they think about the building, they actually say, Man, I'm glad that church is there. If that wasn't there, this community would not be the same. So let's pray about that and dream about that and, and, and ask God to speak to us about that. Hey, what would it look like if we actually made this place a place that the, the community was feeling welcome into during the week? Tearing down the walls. This next one hits close to home which is the religious attitudes. It is very easy for us, for me, to sometimes unconsciously and sometimes maybe consciously create walls between friends and Jesus. Might be attitude towards their activities. It might be from the pulpit, I'm just, I keep wanting to learn that God just purge all like the, the 
the Christianese language from my lips and make it so that people feel welcomed here wherever they come in, whatever stage of life. They don't have to learn a secret vocabulary in order to love Jesus. I had a friend actually sat down with a coffee, awesome guy, um, said he was driving by and he, he looked at the church and said, without walls, he's kind of like, grew up, he had a Catholic experience. He's like, I, is that real? Because that, that's what I would want right now. So is that real? And come amongst us. And, and, I, and I think hopefully it's starting to see that, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Now, at the same time, I'm asking, hey, is there anything that we are creating walls with? Because I want to have those eyes on those things because that's what Jesus is all about. How do we help remove the walls between us and Jesus? Because those Pharisees, I think part of it was a power thing, wasn't it? That they liked being a little bit better than the other one. Part of it was probably occupational of like, hey, if we tear down this, like, this sin thing, Jesus can't get rid of that. That's our, that's our moneymaker. They come and get the sacrifices. They need all, like, what's he messing with here? Our own attitude sometimes, like, forgetting that we also need the forgiveness of Jesus. We are the paralyzed man. It's really easy sometimes to allow some of these walls to creep up with our Christian subculture. Um, Doug, I was... uh, Pointing out, he found the book. There's an old book called Church Without Walls, which I think a lot of the leadership team had, had seen and read. And, um, and there, there's a story about how uh, there were people in another country, a different culture, and how there were people coming to Christ. Like lots of them were getting excited about Jesus, and they'd come to Christ. But then when, when it was time, they'd say, oh, what do you do now? Oh, go to a local church. But they went to the local church, and it was all like people with suits and ties, and just like, like whoa, what's, that's, I don't know that. I don't understand that. That was kind of imported from over there. And realizing, oh, we got, sometimes our culture can be walls, right? Our, the way we dress. So yeah, we, we as Christians, it's always looking like, when we're looking around with our friends, talking about, hey, is there anything that I create walls with? Is there anything, places where maybe the church create walls? Talk to us, let us know. Because that's definitely part of what it means to be a follower of Christ, is to continue to look for those places where we are erecting barriers between people and Jesus. Because the very natural human thing to do, the divine thing to do, is help to take them down. I, I, had, I met a friend last night who is a um, Ukrainian immigrant. Um, really awesome guy, really creative, him and his wife. And uh, I was asking him, I was talking a little bit, and... Uh, as I talked to him, he's telling me a few stories. I was like, you're kind of like an evangelist, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, but oh, I don't really want it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, people just find me. They just, like, I'm, on, I'm in the subway, and a crowd of people, and someone will just come up to me and start, going, start telling me their problems. I'm like, why, why are you doing this right now? And I was like, well, you have a gift from, the, from God. And I said, let me ask you a question. Does, do the churches make you, like, do they like that? Or do they, are they, does it make them feel uncomfortable? He's like, yeah, because when I try to bring them to church, they're the people that I'm bringing sometimes are like, ooh, like not the easiest to, to work with. And I wonder sometimes as, as Christians, is it easy for us to kind of like, we like it kind of simple and nice and... Hopefully we allow those with those gifts that connect with people that maybe we don't connect with, let them bring them in and we come around them and learn to love and care and nurture and that's what Church Without Walls means. Tearing down the walls. Now, the last wall this man had 
wasn't anyone else's fault. The last wall, I would say the ultimate wall that stood between this man and Jesus was what Jesus addressed immediately, and that was his sin. Notice it's Jesus who's addressing it. Because only Jesus can deal with it. Sin is a missing of the mark. Sin is a, a place where we as humans misfunction. Where we're not operating optimally. When we're getting really angry. When there's hatred building up in us. Where there's envy. Oh, I need that. Lust. All these things that start to build up walls in our own heart, kind of in our own lives. Why does that person have that? Another brick in the wall. That person, I just can't stand them. Another brick in the wall. As we start to look at the world, I think sin is kind of like this, this layers upon layers of walls. And, and each of those layers, you start building them up. And then all of a sudden, now I'm looking at the world and I don't, I don't see it kind of as it really is because now I've had this kind of screen, this wall covering my vision where I can't see everything properly because my own brokenness is not allowing me to relate to the world, not allowing me to, to see Jesus, not allowing me to see God, not allowing me to, to relate to you, my brother or my sister. This idea of sin is the, this thing that is we keep building Thankfully, we have Jesus who keeps tearing down that wall. That we have this grace that no matter what we did, no matter who we are, no matter how we've sinned, whatever's going on, we just keep coming back to him saying, Lord, forgive me. Please pour out your forgiveness. And he is tearing down those walls for us supernaturally, spiritually. That is the thing that we're calling people to. We don't have to like clean ourselves up to go to church. We go to church because we're dirty. We need to be reminded of that we need washing. And that's the type of church that hopefully people will come to like, oh, I can come as I am and I can meet Jesus and he's going to be the one who says, you are forgiven. He's going to be the one who, who, talk, who mentions that I have this sin and, and helps work this through it and forgives me. And I'm in a community where we can all come together and say, oh, can you help me, brother? Uh, I'm paralyzed in this area. This is my paralyzation. Can you carry me to Jesus? Oh, this is my paralyzation. Okay, I'll help you come to Jesus with that. Allow his grace to come, forgive, release, free my heart to connect to God. I was talking to Dimitri. He had a story of a guy he actually just kind of witnessed to in a, in a, in a public place. And, and as he, he prayed with the guy, he kind of looked up after it all. He was weeping, and he looked at it, and he's like, do you see the trees? Look at the, the, the sky. It's beautiful. It was almost like his own inner wall had blocked him out from everything. And it was Jesus who was able to release that. Ah, that is beautiful. This is why God calls us to tear down walls. I was thinking about kind of a metaphor for a picture of how God might tear down walls with uh, Forest View. And then uh, I realized, oh, I don't really need to go very far to realize we've actually had this experience of tearing down a wall, literally. 
I remember when I first came to Forest View, and a couple months in, uh, we had this Imagine Next Door night. For those who might be new, Next Door is our, our ministry down in Aldershot, where we help reach out to the community. And at Next Door, we have lots of different people coming through. Lots of people who, I hope, experience uh, a place without walls. And I remember at that Imagine night, we were talking about it, we were thinking, like, hey, what would it look like? Like, what would Next Door look like? In a couple of years from now, if you could imagine something, what would it look like? And I remember someone speaking up and saying, well, there's that space next door to us, next door to next door. <laughs> and wouldn't that be kind of cool if we could expand to that? And we all were like, oh, that'd be cool. But we realized, well, there's actually a business there. So that's kind of not going to happen. And then someone's like, well, maybe we should pray that business fails. <laughs> and we were all, most of us were like, yeah, that's kind of, uh. I think they were joking too, but we were kind of, it was this awkward kind of moment. Like, uh. And then, uh, then sure enough, that business went out of business. <laughs> not because not I prayed for it. It was secretly, you know. And uh, then we started wondering, okay, is it, what does that mean? Should we think about this? And we sat down with the leaders and prayed through it. And Paul had this visioning. And what could this look like? And with Angie. And we realized, okay, I think this is, God's calling us to this. But there was still the reality of an actual physical wall between the two spaces. And so Paul said, Mr. Wellwood, tear down that wall. <laughs> I'm going to show a little video here of... Uh... Isn't that a beautiful sound? <laughs> And so we saw that wall start to open up. Look at it. It's a little hole. So I was realizing this. I think about tearing out walls. It just starts with a little hole. You can peek through it. Oh, I can kind of see through this wall. I wonder if a church, if we can see little places where God's poking his finger through walls, and we can kind of see, like, oh, what will it look like if we open this up? And our lady workers are helping tear down the walls, Angie. And then look at it. It starts to come. It's open. Yeah. Thumbs up. The wall is down. And look at that. God turned a wall into a door. He's the, the gate of life. And I think about us as a church, and I think about the future, and I'm asking God, like, show us where the walls can become doors. Show us where we can explore. And maybe he's probably putting some things on your heart and your mind and you want to share it. We're going to have outlets. We're going to hear from this next week from the leadership team about how we're going to be asking and collaborating together to think that through. But this is what God is all about. Opening up a hole in the roof, lowering the sick to Jesus and him healing them and letting them go home whole and restored, full of joy. Notice that says people praise God. This is the result of what happens. There's people praising God in Aldershot because of that hole in that wall. I'm looking forward to all the praise that will come out of all the holes and the walls that are torn down over the years as we journey together here. And so I, I think about 
how he's healing, how he's um, working through this. And I, and I think about, how does this apply to me? Like, what, what, how do I, where do I connect with this? And I got to be honest, I started realizing I, I connect in different ways at different times. There's times when I am that paralyzed man. I am immobilized on the mat. It might be my sin. It might be my fear, my discouragement, my situations. And I have to be ready and willing and open to asking or receiving help from my friends of Jesus. And I need to be able to let go of my pride. Well, I'm a pastor. Yeah, we need to carry you to Jesus. I have to be able to receive that and accept that and treasure that. There's times when I'm the Pharisee. I, something comes my way and, and my internal instinct is this kind of religious wall. I need to recognize, oh, you need to let go of that. You need to allow your friend to come to Jesus. You need to help them come to Jesus. Whatever it is you think about what's going on, bring them to Jesus. Let him work with them. There's times when I and probably the crowd just focused on what I need. Just don't really realize I'm blocking access to Jesus by my own self-absorption. But what I want to be is the friend. Oh, isn't that beautiful? One of those people holding the mat and carrying my friend. I love a couple things about it. I was thinking about these wall destroyers. What would they look like? What would it look like if, if we could be in our cubcoms, the friends that carry each other to Jesus? And I think one of the first things was they're very observant. They realize, like, they're, they're probably on the way, like, oh, we're going to go get to Jesus. And like, oh, wait a second. What about, what about Joseph? yeah, Joe, he can't get in there. Okay. They recognize, they, they're observing, they open enough eyes looking for the need, and they realize that they needed to help their friend. They weren't just observant, though. They were also very creative. Like, they're like, how do we do this? I don't know. You ever cut a hole in the roof before? No, no. First time for everything. I wonder, and when I think about this, as a church, how many of us could put a hole in a wall that the other person couldn't? That you'd be like, come up with the idea, oh, this is the way that hole can go into that wall to bring that wall down. How, how do I think through, how, what's keeping people from Jesus? Let me think creatively about how that can come down. And, and they were also persistent. They didn't stop. Like, they were like, it says in Luke that there was tiles, and then it says in this one they dug a hole. In it. So I think they had to remove the tiles, and then they found the thatch, and they had to dig through the thatch, and they connected to, like, they were persistent. Like, we're, this is happening. This wall is coming down. What does it look like to be full of a church of people that were tearing down those walls? In uh, Germany, when kind of things broke down and they finally were going to open up the wall, um, 
they had a bunch of people that started coming with little chisels and chipping away at the wall. And they used to call them, they called them malrespect, which was the, the wall woodpeckers. I want to be a wall woodpecker. And that's saying something, because you know what? The word woodpecker was a bit of a wall for me for a lot of my life. Redhead woodpecker? <laughs> but I want to be a woodpecker. Just peck away at those walls for Jesus, to bring people, to open up ways in which they can get to Jesus. I think our work, our job is to help people experience Jesus. It's Jesus' job to do what he does with them. We bring them together to experience the, the love of God. So I pray that we pray for each other, pray for our church, pray for our leaders, pray, pray that we, we come with this vision and realize how do we be the church without walls for 2018 and beyond. And what I love about what we're doing today in this circle is that we're all gathered around the center. Because there's one thing I've discovered after this time I've been here, this church is that we're a lot different. There's a lot of differences amongst us. And this is what's cool. Whether you're right or left, you're all looking towards Jesus in the center. And you look across and you see, that's my family. Wherever different places, we can all agree that we need to come to Jesus. We need to bring people to Jesus. This is the beauty of the vision of being a church without walls. And I pray the Lord give us wisdom and strength and perseverance to actually continue to develop it. It's been going strong for 25 years. It's exciting to see what the next looks like. Let's pray. Lord, here we are gathered around the table. We thank you that when once to get to you, it took us going to a physical building and having a priest physically kill an animal in order for us to have our sins forgiven. We thank you that Jesus Christ tore down that wall. He became the path to you that he gave his own life so that the wall between us and you would be removed. And so today, Lord, as we gather around this table like as a family, instead of sacrificing, now we gather to eat together. And that's a beautiful picture of what it means to be centered on Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that we would remember this week the walls that we've been building up we look and see where walls are between people and you and between each other, and we would be picking away at those walls in your grace and in your wisdom. We pray, Lord God, that we would continually gather here together around your table, and we remember that your son took bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And as we come to him, he says to us, your sins are forgiven. Let us receive that forgiveness and let us go out and be conduits of that forgiveness so that we would see others come to you as we tear down the walls and we carry each other to the center, who is Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.